Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to Hour 2 of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm Ben, filling in again today. And I have a question for you right off the bat. Where does your hope come from? Does your hope come from the next election when everything will be made right again? Does your hope come from a Supreme Court decision? I, I, I don't think so. Your hope comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That's what the Bible says. Then... Here's something that I've been struggling with. Why does it seem like everything hinges on what happens politically on the news, on social media feeds, and in so many conversations with people? No president, no politician or talking point or decision is going to change our situation, but God can. God has. So this afternoon, I want to have a conversation with Than Bennett, a, a dear friend of Faith Radio. He's been on Faith Radio for a long time. He spent more than 20 years in the world of politics and public policy. He worked on and around Capitol Hill and at the United Nations. He now works to help Jesus followers interact with world events in a redemptive way. He has a newsletter. It's called The Equipped. It's also a radio show and a podcast heard Saturday afternoons here on Faith Radio or anywhere you get your podcasts. To help believers view all things through the lens of the true and the beautiful. And his work supports a number of kingdom causes. He has an amazing wife. They're co-founders of A Fearless Life, a nonprofit which exists to find and fund a family for every adoptive, eligible foster child in America. So, Than, welcome back to Faith Radio. And thank you for the grace you're going to show me for the next 25 minutes. <laughs> ben, my friend, it is... Uh... It's always fun to be on Faith Radio, but it's really fun to be on with you. And I, I would, if you would just indulge me, I want to answer your question because when you ask where does, where does your hope come from, the first thing that I thought of was, was Hebrews six nineteen, where it says that we have a hope that is the anchor mm. for our soul. And um, you know, you, you mentioned uh, the nonprofit that we have. There is a, there is a a foster to adopt program that is run. Uh, by Nightlight uh, Christian Adoption Services that's called Anchored in Hope. And so across a number of spectrums that I work, that would be my answer to your question. My hope comes from my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and that hope is actually the anchor uh, for my soul. So I, I love that setup. Mm. Fan Bennett, grateful. Um, and I've been able to watch your story from afar uh, and pray for you and, and grateful for our friendship. Here's this question right off the bat. Why did you leave a lucrative life in politics in, in Washington, D.C., I'm sure a bunch of power, a, a prized possession, to follow God into a place where you, I would imagine just in the conversations that we've had, uh, struggling in, a, in, in all of the ways that I think, you know, culture says that people struggle, right? When you, maybe money, maybe uh I don't know, just, just the other things, because you literally left left this thing, and you said, I'm giving it all up because God's calling me here. Why did you do that? 
Well, when I um, when I fully answer that question, I maybe we should have another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, no, I, I um, the, the answer to that is is not a sentence, but it is very worth discussing, and I think it actually comes back to a question. Uh, that God really planted in my soul. And that question was, is it working? Um, and let me just maybe back up and sort of bring listeners up to speed. You, you mentioned it in the opening, but I spent more than 20 years right in the middle of the public debate. And in, in many ways, I, I did love it. I worked in the, the House of Representatives for six years. I worked for a large nonprofit that was had a heavy presence on Capitol Hill and at the United Nations for 16 years. I ran their uh, D.C. office. And Ben, I worked with really good people, people that I loved, people that I still love. And um, I, I remain very grateful for, for so many of the experiences that God gave me. But I just I came to a place where I was having a very hard time convincing myself that what I was doing was working. And it felt like it felt like my utility for the things that I wanted to give my life for was, was gone. I wasn't having the intended impact. And, and so if I was going to be serious about giving my life for the cause of Jesus Christ and, uh, you know, quite honestly, for the spiritual health of those who follow him, I was going to need uh, to make a change. And, um, and so we did. Um, it wasn't easy. It isn't easy. Um, it wasn't immediate. I, I would say this, it, it wasn't clear at the beginning. And in many ways, it's still not clear today where God is asking me to vote, to devote all of my time and energy. But I will, I will tell you this. I know very clearly that it was God's voice. I know that he was uh, showing me that the current tasks that I was really giving my life toward were not drawing people to his side and that he had a new work uh, prepared for me. And so the honest answer to that question, is it working, was no. And so he asked me to make a, a radical change how I went about that mission. And I would like to tell you, I woke up the next day and I made that change, but I didn't. It, it took some time. It took some time for me to gather the courage uh, to take that step. Um, and he has just been faithfully leading us deeper into what he has for us one step at a time. It's an ongoing process. Um, I'd be happy to describe some of the things that we're involved with if you want, but I, I would leave it there for now. And I would just say he has faithfully revealed three sort of distinct areas uh, that we're now serving. But it all came back to that question, Than, is it working? Are you giving my life for the things that I've called you to? And while I know I was for a time, uh, there came a moment where he was calling me to something new and I just had to be honest with it and uh, and step out. Than, I heard you ask that question on Susie Larson Live one, I think it was a Thursday afternoon on Faith Radio. I was running an errand, I was coming back to the radio station, and I was listening. And I heard you talk about both sides, um, the right, the left, uh, no matter what side you're on, and no matter what you're fighting so hard for, you said to me, to the rest of us listening on Faith Radio, that same question. You shared your experience with us, and you said, is it working? And I'll never forget that. And I think you followed it up um, with Ephesians 6.12 about the, the struggle not against flesh and blood and the conversations that we have and, and the arguments across chasms as we're shouting and we're you're angrily typing on social media and all of the things that you see, right? Um, the struggle, you know, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Can you unpack... You know, the is this working for for you 
And then for the rest of us that are listening, that are, are fighting so hard, that are so firmly entrenched into our sides, that it's hard to see anything else. Yeah, Ben, I, I remember that exchange with you, actually, and I would tell you that it played a, a pivotal role in making me think a little bit deeper about how it applied to my own life. Look, th these are hard questions to pull apart, and and I want to make it very clear, as I have sort of grappled with this, this is this is not a call to to disengage. It's not a it's not a call to just be passive and to not stand on 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 truth and to not engage the system. In fact, I, I would say this, and this this might sound um, uh, a little surprising to some, but I think that the freedom to dissent and debate on a, on a human level, on an individual level, I think it's a demonstrably good thing, Ben. In fact, um, I say this a lot, but if you if you look around the world at the places that don't afford that, that that's where oppression reigns. And the Bible tells us repeatedly, I, I, I like to point to Galatians 5, that we were created to be free. But here's here's where it trips over into the other conversation for me. The next part of that verse says that we're not supposed to use that freedom for ourselves. Mm. We're supposed to use it to serve others. And I, I just know for me, and I think this is probably true for a wider sample of Jesus followers as well, that I think we need some more, um, maybe I would call it internal fortitude or maybe a greater comfort level with a certain amount of disagreement. Now I'm not I'm not talking about compromising on on biblical truth. In fact, I think I think the biblical principle of allowing iron to sharpen iron, I think it speaks to that. But but Ben, we need proximity to, we need relationship with those who are following Jesus but will test the strength of our own convictions. And so I would tell you there, there's more layers to this that we can unpack, but I think that's the first layer. We need to be in relationship with trusted Jesus followers who want to know the face and character of Jesus more than they want to win the argument. And and they need they need to want that for for us too. And so I think that's just a really foundational way to to grow in this uh, in this grace. It's um it's it's how our ideas, even on a human plane, Ben, it's how they're refined. And I think it's in that environment that we become more like Jesus. And um, I just don't see that modeled a lot of places. And I think it's I think it's a it's a it's a mission and it's a task and it's an assignment, actually, that really belongs to us as Jesus followers. Ben Bennett's our guest on Afternoons with Bill Arnold. This is Faith Radio and I'm Ben. You, you mentioned the fact that it's not modeled in a lot of places, but for me, I am looking for those places where it is modeled, and I love your newsletter. I'm not just saying that because I love you, uh, but I get it every Wednesday. Uh, listen to the radio program and the podcast, which you can find at MyFaithRadio.com or listen live on Saturday afternoons or anywhere you get your podcasts. It's all over the place. It's called The Equipped. Where, where else can I find um, these these sources or these models that I can look at and go, ah, yeah, they're doing it right. It's more about the lamb. It's not about the donkey or the elephant. Well, let me say a couple of things. One, I think it's incumbent on all of us to actually lead in that. I, I don't think you're going to find many models out that, there that are top down. But, but Ben, I think if we lead lives that say, this is how we want to live, this is how we want to model our faith in Jesus Christ, I actually have found that it attracts people who want to engage mm. with you on that way. And, and actually, I think that's healthy. I think it reduces those relationships back to the community level where really we are instructed to invest anyway. And so I would just encourage those listening. I mean, if, if you can't find it, sort of be it, right? 
Um, and I might say two things in, in line with that. One, uh, we, we use the, the vernacular at the equip, the true and the beautiful, mm. but really that's just our short way of quoting Philippians 4, 8, which encourages us to focus on things that are true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Those are the things that we're supposed to be rooted in. And I'll just give you one quick example. I was actually working on this week's uh, edition earlier today. And and one of the things that I said to the audience is this particular story that I'm talking about, I don't like talking about it because it automatically chases most of us to one side mm. or the other. Right. But I'm committed to talking about it because it's in that story that we actually have the opportunity to model something different. So I think we actually should should look for those hard areas and just model them differently, Ben. Mm. How do you have uh, those conversations and model them without burning off 50% of the audience or the people that you're talking to? And then two minutes later, burn off the other 50% of the audience. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're, yeah. we're trying to not lose influence because we have the greatest news, right? God sent his son, Jesus. And whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus lived a perfect life, died sacrificed himself for you for the forgiveness of sins and so sometimes we have these conversations and we want to we want to model we want to be those models i want to be i sent wyatt this uh the other day you know the beginning of the the chosen where they have the fish circling around and then they the teal fish i hear the rooster in the background by the way say hi <laughs> sorry about that. no that's okay um <clears throat> uh the the teal fish turn around and go the opposite way that's what you're talking about right and more people see that and more people, but it, it's exhausting. It can be exhausting to be that way. Here's what I would say to you, Ben. The this 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 struggle is not won at the at the point of the delivery of the message. This struggle is is won and and strides are made in the everyday life that is lived alongside of those in your community that you might have disagreement with. Right? If they know that you are for them and you know that they are for you, you can actually grapple with differences. Differences on, by the way, very important things. Some of these public policy issues, Ben, they're 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 not insignificant. Sometimes it's even a truth versus. I would even say maybe evil at times. Mm -hmm. But if they are for the betterment of the person that you disagree with, then both of you are going to be in a relationship where you actually want the merited idea to rise because that is beneficial to all. I, I won't dig into this now, although I would love to if we have time, but I actually think the model of Jeremiah 29, probably not the verse that comes to your mind, but the model of Jeremiah 29 is actually the answer to this. So if we have time, Ben, maybe we, maybe we can dig in there. Yeah, let's absolutely do that. In fact, Jeremiah 29, and maybe not the verse you're thinking of, or maybe it is, I guess we'll find out here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, our new president here at the University of Northwestern has um, uh, just really laid it out on on what we're doing here at Faith Radio and all the music radio stations and all the communities around the Midwest and, and around the United States. We're talking to Than Bennett. We're having a conversation that something we're both passionate about. Um, we're talking about the hard conversations that you're probably having around your dinner tables or maybe trying to avoid having on social media or with your family members because it just erupts and you lose influence. So how do you do it with grace? How do you focus on the lamb, not the donkey or the elephant? This is Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm Ben, and you're listening to Faith Radio.
Hi, this is Bill Arnold. You might be the kind of person that goes to Paris and still listens to Faith Radio on the app. Or you might be more like the person that goes into the next room in your apartment and listens. The good news is, is using the app is just as easy in both places. Downloading the free app is crazy easy. Just text the word app to 877-933-2484 and click the link. And if you happen to be in Paris, there is a really nice little coffee shop not far from the Eiffel Tower that serves a really nice chocolate biscotti. One of my favorite things about Faith Radio is the the stretching and the growing and the helping to understand the Bible better, grow in your relationship uh, with God, and, and to be encouraged because we're all going through what we've been talking about all afternoon so far. Than Bennett is joining Afternoons with Bill Arnold, and you know Than. He's been on Faith Radio for a long time. He hosts the Equipped podcast and show on Saturday afternoons. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts, and you can sign up. Where do we sign up to get the Equipped? Right to my email inbox, Than. Yeah, Ben, thanks for that. It's at theequippednewsletter.com. You just yeah. plug in your email address, you'll get an email back to you, and you, you click to confirm. Mm. It, just helping believers view all things through the lens of the true and the beautiful, and his work supports a number of kingdom causes. I highly recommend that you sign up and get that. It's one of my favorite things to receive in my email inbox on Wednesdays. Dan, you've really played a, a really important role in my life because I think before I worked here at Faith Radio, I was heavily political. I would watch the news constantly. I would know absolutely everything and have a really fiery, passionate response to people. And I would cause uh, breakdowns in relationships because of how I went about it. And I don't want to be like that anymore. I don't want to be like that anymore. I want to, I want people to see Jesus, not me, you know? And so um, thank you for that. Thank you for playing a big role in my life. I really appreciate that. I feel like I'm kind of a, a recovering politicist or whatever, whatever you call it. Um, and I did a lot of my work on social media too, which I, I think a lot of people do, you know, not mm-hmm. really in the halls of Congress like you do. So thank you for your patience and thank you for your grace in, in talking me through some of these things, both on and off the air. And helping the Faith Radio family to see the true and see the beautiful when it seems like everything, depending on the day, is crumbling down around us, depending on which side of the political aisle that you are. But there's so much more to life than that. Hmm. You know, Ben, I, I, I just, as you were talking, I, I had a couple of thoughts. You know, one, um, I relate to that so much. And I, I think our instinct is to always, when an issue comes up, to be the critic, right? We want to point out all the flaws in it. And I think we'd just be so much better off if we would uh, grow in the grace of walking with humility and looking for personal application. The other thing that I thought about was in Matthew 12, where it says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And as I grappled with some of the things that you described, one of the things that I had to come to terms with was the fact that my outputs were really a direct result of my inputs. My my inputs, my consumption of news, my consumption of politics, things that I cared about. And by the way, things that matter, but that input, those inputs were overwhelming my intake of scripture. And so it was impacting what was coming out of me. And I would just I would just say this. One of the reasons that we structured the equip the way that we do is because if you look across the spectrum of ways to take in news, ways to take in information, so much of it, Ben, is 
fear-based. And so mm. it is intended actually to rile you up. It's intended to produce the result that you were describing. It wants you to be sort of uneasy so that you will engage. But that is that is counter to what scripture says right. that, that we should leave. It says that we should not have fear, that we should have lives of power and love and sound mind. And so I would just say this, I would encourage you, make a pre-decision to have a limit to the amount of news you're going to consume and just make sure that it is in proportion to the amount of scripture that you intake and the amount of time that you spend uh, interfacing with your creator. I think that's a really important tool to manage that balance you're talking about. That's absolutely imperative. And then Bennett too, I just, I want to continually remind our friends that are listening right now of that question that you asked that changed my life too. When I heard you say it on faith radio is what I'm doing working. Just ask yourself that is what you're doing. Is it working? Because what I'm doing, I want, I want to work. I want it to honor God. And I, I want to have a difference. I don't want to lose influence. I, I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to be consumed with him and his thoughts, not, not the ranting or the raving or the this or the that or the, the lie or the deceit or who knows what's true. I do. I think you do too. I want to be focused on what's true and what's beautiful. And that's why, Than, we love you so much. So grateful. Um, you mentioned Jeremiah 29 and some verses that, that we may not be thinking. Our president here, Dr. Hornbeek, is absolutely amazing and has uh, refocused our mission on a very similar vo- verse. Would you unpack the verses in Jeremiah, that, uh, Jeremiah 29 that you're talking about? Well, I think when when people think about Jeremiah 29, verse 11 is right. the one that most often comes to mind. And, you know, it's a wonderful promise. It's rooted in prosperity. Um, I wrote a book actually about verse 13, which is about finding God when you seek him about with all your heart. Mm. But it is the context for those verses that I'm thinking about, Ben. It's verses five through seven. It's a, it's a context of a people who are in exile. It's a, it's a people who are living under oppression. And I, you know, there are probably a lot of views out there about the the level of hostility toward Jesus followers in America, but no matter what you think about that, Ben, it's not as bad as this. This was mm. God's people in exile, and it is that context and that backdrop that we read verses five through seven. And those are the verses that I really just want to put in people's mind because God says through the prophet uh, Jeremiah that we are supposed to do a number of things. And all of these things are investments in that place of exile. You're supposed to build houses and settle down and plant gardens and, and, and be there long enough to cultivate those gardens and eat what they produce. You're supposed to marry and have kids and have grandkids and build your family. And, and at the end of it, it's you're supposed to seek the peace and the prosperity where of your place of exile. You're supposed to pray for that place because if that place prospers, then you too will prosper. And so as we think about how difficult this tension is, feel not at home here as Jesus followers. And Ben, this place is never going to be fully in sync with our heavenly identity. To some extent, we are always going to be in exile. And yet our command, our invitation, our opportunity even, I would call it an opportunity or a privilege. Our opportunity is to to invest in those very human tasks of sowing into our communities and praying for our place of exile and praying for the prosperity of those around us, whether we agree with them or we don't. And, and I would just I would just leave you with this thought out of those verses, Ben. 
what a privilege mm. it is mm. to be following Jesus in a, in a world and a place that desperately needs him. Are we in sync with the world around us? Maybe not, but I would just suggest to you that that is why we're here. And I would like to echo that too. I was just thinking as you were talking, God has put us right here, right now, for a reason. And so many times you think, or I think, or others think, wouldn't it be nice to just be, I don't know, alive in the 30s or 40s or a different time when life seemed to be a little bit more simpler? Everything seemed to be put in the place that it that it was supposed to be in. But I love what Jeremiah 29, 7 says. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. So oftentimes, I wonder this, God, what are you trying to teach me? And what do you want me to do? And that goes back to just another question that that you asked that has been the thread of this entire conversation that really changed my life. Is what I'm doing working? Than, I am so grateful for you um, in bringing up Jeremiah 29, 5 through 7. We are down to the final moments. As Bible-believing Jesus followers, what can we do today to make a difference in this world? Ben, Bible-believing Jesus followers, especially living in America, we have more opportunity to do this than any other point in human civilization. We should engage in all ways, including ways of public policy and including ways of politics. But, but Ben, that should not be our primary motive. We need to engage all of those ways through a biblical lens that aims at the glory of God and aims for the the flourishing and the prospering of our friends and neighbors, whether they agree with us or don't. I love it how you said you need to focus on the lamb, not the elephant or the donkey. Um, Ben, we can do it, but it's going to take some dying to self. Mm. And that's what we're here for. Amen. And to do it in a way that leaves people shocked with your kindness, your gentleness, your tenderness, your self-control, all of the things we talked about today. Than, thank you very much for pointing us to Jesus this afternoon. Ben, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Than Bennett, host of The Equipped Weekends on Faith Radio. You can find the podcast anywhere you get your podcast. It's called The Equipped. And make sure you sign up for the newsletter at theequippednewsletter.com. Than, remind me, dot... Dot com. Dot com. Thank you very much. This is Faith Radio, and you're listening to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. I'm sure you've heard us say that on Faith Radio a lot. Maybe you've heard it in church a lot. Maybe maybe as you read the Bible and you do devotions, you hear God has a plan and a purpose for your life. What is it? So, Afternoons with Bill Arnold today. My name is Ben, filling in. Paul Doherty's our guest. He's a pastor of Victory in Tulsa. His desire is that people feel empowered and challenged to step out and fulfill God's purpose for their lives. And we're going to get into that over the next 23 minutes. But welcome to Afternoons with Bill Arnold, Pastor Paul. 
Hey, honored to be with you. Honored to be on the, the show again. Yeah, we're super excited to have you. So God puts desires in your heart. And your desire is that people feel empowered and challenged to step out and fulfill God's purpose for their lives. So if anybody's listening going, hmm, I've heard that a lot, but what does that mean? And what does that mean for me? What do you say? Yeah. Well, I I think, like you said, God stirs up desires in our hearts, and then it's up to us to obey those desires and activate those desires uh, by faith. And I think for me, when I was really young, I grew up in the church, grew up with a parent, a dad who was a pastor and um, watched him, you know, get up every Sunday and preach faithfully the word of God and lead our family through devotions and take our family on mission trips. And as I was growing up in the church and growing up watching him and studying the Bible and something started stirring in me, I started loving to see in my own life the um, light bulb moment of recognizing God loves me. God is for me. God is not against me. God wants to use my life to bring glory to him through obedience. And that obedience might mean that I'm going to share the gospel with someone today at the gas station, at the grocery store. That obedience might mean that I'm going to, um, that I'm going to be an example in my class to my generation at my high school. Uh, that I'm going to be a leader, that I'm going to use the gifts and the talents God's given me and point the glory to him. You know, we just watched the Super Bowl happen a couple weeks ago. And to see some of these athletes using their skill, their talent, their gifts, their athletic ability um, out on that field. And then afterwards, some of them giving glory to God and genuinely, authentically meaning that. But I think what it means to to really fulfill a plan and a purpose God has for our lives It means to use all of the gifts he's given us. I think about the story in Matthew 25, how Jesus said, you know, this parable of the talents. One man was given five bags of gold. One man was given two bags and one man was given one. We don't always get to determine what we're given, but we do get to determine what we're going to do with what we've got. And to me, that is fulfilling the plan and purpose of God on our life. Like if you can sing, sing for the glory of God. If you're a mom, Be the greatest mom to those kids for the glory of God. If you're a pastor, if you're a businessman, if you're a coffee barista, if you are a mechanic or a coach or a teacher, do it all for the glory of God and and make the most of those gifts, those talents and obey God in what he prompts you to do each day. And so we see that in scripture that, you know, God prompts all of us to be a light or the light of the world. God prompts all of us to share the hope and share the gospel and be bold. And so since I've been young and now I'm the pastor of our church, my prayer, my goal as a pastor and as a as just a follower of Jesus is to stir people up to recognize they have a purpose. They weren't born on accident for an accident. They were born on purpose for a purpose. And that purpose is to bring glory to God in whatever they do and to use their passion and their skills and their gifts and talents to, you know, uh, point people to Jesus through whatever it is that they're doing. So I don't know if that answers your question or or if I'm just preaching right now Hmm. on Monday morning. Maybe a little bit of both. Um, Pastor Paul Doherty on (laughs) Afternoons with Bill Arnold. This is Faith Radio. Uh, My devotion this morning was on Philippians 2, 3, and 4. And it says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. 
Whoa, that's shocking, right? Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. And pastor, I just wonder, why do we struggle as Christians to to step out in faith and the trust that God's plan is better than ours? You know, I think, like you just said, even in that scripture, I think that sometimes we get into selfish mindsets. And um, I think it's honestly selfish to live in fear, mm. uh, to, to allow fear to paralyze you. I think it's a selfish decision not to use your voice, your gifts, your talents, your resources, uh, your testimony to help other people experience the, the love and the power and the presence of Jesus through your life. And yesterday I celebrated my grand grand's hundredth birthday and um, she works full time for me at the church as an assistant. <clears throat> People always think that's so wild. They were like, you know, she's a hundred years old. How can she still work? She lives alone. She lives in her own house. She gets up every day. She walks still and she works 40 hours a week at the church and she's a hundred years old. And, uh, and our church just celebrated, honored her so much. But I sat and I interviewed her on stage in front of our whole church in, in each service. And I said, Grand Grand, that's that's how she that's what we call her, is Grand Grand. She said, uh, I said, Grand Grand, um, tell everyone here in the room what it's been like living 100 years following God's plan for your life. Because she got saved when she was six years old. So she's been saved for 94 years. And I said, Grand Grand, share share with everyone your wisdom. And she kind of laughed and she said, you know, you just got to keep living. You got to keep trusting God's faithfulness. She she lost her husband when she was uh, 50 years old. Her husband tragically passed away in a hunting accident. And she said, I didn't want to get out of my rocking chair. And she said, your dad came to me, Paul, and said, Mom, you want to get bitter or you want to get better? And she said, I, I want to get better, Billy Joe, but I don't know how to. And he said, well, you got to get out of that rocking chair and you got to go find a reason to go help other people. And you can't make life all about your pain and your disappointments and your anger at God and your anger at life and your anger at sudden tragedies. And it's OK to stay angry for a moment, but you don't want to live angry for a lifetime. You don't want to allow the anger and the disappointment to derail you from God's purpose and destiny. And so my dad said, mom, why don't you move to Tulsa, Oklahoma? She was living in Magnolia, Arkansas. And he said, why don't you move to Tulsa, Oklahoma? And come, come help our family, come help the church. At that time, I was just born. I was the youngest of my parents, four kids. And my grand grand moved to Tulsa in 1985. And she came on staff and she has worked for 30 nine years faithfully. Mm. I turned 39 this August and she, she helped raise me with my parents and she, she buried my dad when my dad passed away 14 years ago. And she faced that same feeling of anger and disappointment and shock. And she came to me and she said, Paul, I don't know why my son went before me. This isn't fair. This doesn't make sense. And she said, I just want to quit. And I said, grand grand, you can get bitter or you can get better but I, I hope you'll get better because I could really use your help. The church needs someone like you walking next to someone as young as me. At that time, I was 24. And she said, well, what will I do? I said, whatever you did for my dad, I want you to do it for me. I want you to help me just lead the church and love the people and pastor the people and minister to the people. And so she did. And she has continued on staff since then. And 
she's, you know, yesterday was smiling ear to ear and the whole church was clapping and honoring her. But you don't experience that kind of honor if you live a life of fear and anger and, you know, selfishness and bitterness, you know, uh, you might have a few people who say happy birthday, but to see thousands of people just honoring my grand grand yesterday was so special for me as her grandson. Cause I'm like, she deserves all this honor. She deserves all this celebration because she has selflessly given her life to serve other people and mm -hmm. love other people through her own pain yeah. and through her own disappointment. And, you know, every person who's listening on the radio today, this afternoon is, is a candidate for a testimony. You know, we all face pain. We all face disappointment. We all face sudden tragedies and difficulties, but we have a choice. You know, misery is optional. Trouble is inevitable. Pain is inevitable, but misery is an option. And we don't have to stay in a miserable state of selflessness or of selfishness or, you know, bitterness or this sense of I've been gypped by God. No, we can get back up. And I think that is coming back to your question. That is God's plan and purpose is that we would continue to persevere through every trial like Job, you know, and and then to have a testimony to point people to Jesus. Pastor Paul Doherty is our guest on Afternoons with Bill Arnold today here on Faith Radio. And we talk a lot about fine lines here in ministry. There's always a fine line. And I just saw another fine line pop up between bitter and better. There's literally the difference between one letter in the words, B-I-T-T-E-R or B-E-T-T-E-R. And you have a choice. You really do. To be better is a shackle-breaking freedom, but it is such a slippery slope to be bitter. It really is. Friend, we're here to encourage you and empower you to step out and be bold, bold in your faith, to make a difference. You know, God didn't give us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So how do you know if God is pulling you in the direction that, that you feel pulled and asking you to do something that seems crazy. We'll ask Pastor, uh, Pastor Paul Doherty that next. This is Afternoons with Bill Arnold. My name is Ben, and you're listening to Faith Radio. Hi there and welcome. If you are a new listener, we want to officially welcome you with a free welcome packet gift. Request yours today at MyFaithRadio.com. You have a choice. You really do today. As you wrap up the first day of the week, you got through Monday, but you have a choice right here, right now. And really, every moment of every day, you have a choice to be bitter or to be better. Pastor Paul Doherty from Victory Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, is on Afternoons with Bill Arnold. My name is Ben, and you're listening to Faith Radio. We were saying, uh, you know, the, the fear seems to rule the world these days. But God didn't give us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So, Pastor Paul, how do you know if God is pulling you in a direction and asking you to do something that seems crazy? How do you know? if that's where he's pulling you to be bold? That's a great question. I think these days people can say, you know, God told me to do this and God, I felt God in this. And, and then you look at it and you're going, yeah, I don't think God would have said that. But 
you look in the Bible and there were a lot of illogical moments where people would have talked a man or a woman out of what they were going to do. And God was leading them, you know, think about Daniel in the Bible, praying with the windows open, knowing that he would be thrown into the lion's den and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego standing when everyone was bowing, knowing that they would be thrown in the fiery furnace. And, you know, the list goes on Gideon fighting with this small group of men against thousands and thousands of people. It was all illogical. And, and, and yet they were trying to follow what God was leading them to do in their generation, in their moment. And I think all of us have moments where God leads us to do some crazy things. And I'm sitting right now um, in our church parking lot, looking across the street at a university that I went to school and um, I went to this school called Oral Roberts University here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I think about how thousands of people have graduated from this university because this man felt called by God to, to build a university that would be a, a Christian university in, in America. And at that time, people said, hey, you're you're you come from the wrong family. You're too poor to do this. You're unqualified. You haven't even gotten a you know, a, a master's degree or a doctorate degree from anywhere. And yet he went on to build a university that's, you know, today debt free. And uh, thanks to several people who helped donate, you know, to this university today, it stands as a great Christian university. I think about how all of us in our life are going to have moments where God calls us or prompts us to do something that seems impossible whether it's to give a certain amount of finances towards missions or towards our local church, or whether it's to start a business or a ministry or to believe God for, you know, something that looks impossible in our health wise. I just spoke with a young couple a few weeks ago in our church who they've been trying to get pregnant for years. And um, they were told by doctors, it was impossible. They would never get pregnant that, that they, you know, they they didn't have it. They weren't, it wasn't in the cards for them. And they began looking through the adoption process and looking at other options. And then they started praying and they said, maybe God could do a miracle. Maybe God still does miracles today. And for them, it was stretching their faith and praying and writing down on their journals, Lord, we pray one day to have a son, a daughter. And sure enough, they just found out they're pregnant. Um, naturally. And it's a, it's a miracle. It, you know, defied all what the doctor said, but I think whatever it is for someone who's listening today, there might be people listening today saying, well, I tried that, that miracle didn't happen. Or I tried to take a step of faith in what I thought God was, you know, stirring my hearts to believe for, and it didn't work out. Sometimes we get to see the miracle. Sometimes we get to be the miracle. You know, I, I was believing for faith that one day my dad would get healed of cancer and that didn't happen. Um, but God used that moment to, to cause me to be a miracle in our church when it looked like we lost a pastor and things weren't going to work out and everyone was disappointed and, and everyone was upset and God used me to step in that moment. And sometimes we get to see those dreams we pray for come to pass. And then sometimes God asks us to persevere and, you know, through the disappointment, through the pain, still have a testimony of God's miraculous power. I was thinking about in 2020, I remember waking up one morning and seeing all these news alerts that the nation was, you know, shutting down because COVID-19 had spread from all these other countries. You know, I think a cruise ship landed in California and all of a sudden it was like 
mass, you know, mass fear, mass sense of it wasn't just the virus of COVID-19. It felt like it was a virus of, of deep, dark fear and depression. And people were scared to leave their homes, scared to go anywhere. And I remember the government announcing all of the, the closures, you know, every school is closed. Every university needs to shut down. Every church needs to shut down. Every company needs to shut down. Um, only essential places can stay open. And in our state, I remember watching the news and they said the essential places that can stay open are liquor stores, uh, cannabis shops, uh, Walmart, Target, and hospitals. And I was so upset because I said, hold on. If, if you're telling me that weed is essential and alcohol is essential, why isn't Jesus essential? And I remember people saying, well, you know, we all just need to stay on the internet. We all just need to be, you know, internet evangelist and internet church. And there was a part of me that thought, you know, I'm all for the internet and I'm all for using technology. But I also think this is an hour for the church to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to love on those that are hurting and that are most vulnerable right now. So I called several of our church team members and I said, guys, I don't know if this is God or if this is just me being crazy, but I feel like we're supposed to open up and do something special on our parking lot. And I'm going to climb up on the roof and I'm going to preach with a megaphone and I'm going to invite all the people who want to drive onto our parking lot and and safely social distance to tune in to this FM, you know, 92.7 in Tulsa. And we're going to have an FM transmitter on the rooftop and I'm going to preach the gospel and we're going to pass out groceries and we're going to call it, you know, victory over the virus, mm. gospel and groceries in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Well, we did it that first week of COVID in March and 4,000 people showed up the first night and it packed the parking lot. And the mayor was so upset because he had told everybody to shut down. So he came to me and he said, I, I appreciate that you're social distancing. People are in their cars, but it's not safe for anybody to be out of their house. And I said, well, you said it's okay for them to go to liquor stores. You said it's okay for them to go to cannabis shops. You also said it's okay for them to go to Walmart. So I said, what's the difference of them parking in a church parking lot? And he kind of looked at me, you know, and he said, you know, if you want to go there, he's like, I, I, I don't want to have to do this, but I could I could really shut this down. I could pull out the Tulsa police. And I said, well, Mayor, I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm just saying right now people need hope. And also there's a lot of people that just lost their job that need groceries. And I said, if you'll let us, we'll serve this city right now. I said, you, you shut down all the soup kitchens. Can we be a can we be a mobile soup kitchen right here in our parking lot? Feed people, help people. And he said, well, he said, we'll see. Well, that same night, someone gave the governor of our state my phone number, and Governor Stitt called me and said, Paul, I am so proud of you. This is Governor Stitt. I'm proud of your church opening up in the middle of the pandemic when everyone's shutting down. And he said, if the mayor tries to close things down, I'll send the National Guard. I got your back. <laughs> I said, are you sure? Because he is threatening to shut us down. He said, yeah. He said, listen, people need hope, and they need help. And I said, okay, we'll be, we'll be a station where people can get hope and help. And so we, for the next 10 weeks, we did rooftop revival services. And I just got on the roof and thousands of people came from all over the nation, drove in. We ended up giving away 16 million bags of groceries across mm -hmm. the Midwest. Our, our church became the hub center during the pandemic to get groceries to people that needed it. And I remember the following year during the Super Bowl, 2021, 
Amazon had a commercial and Amazon was touting that they had given 12 million bags of groceries away. Mm. Well, they're ran by a billionaire, Jeff Bezos. So everybody expects that to happen. But I started getting text messages from our church saying, we beat Amazon. <laughs> we beat Amazon. You know, we gave 16 million bags of groceries. So the next Sunday we had a big celebration service just saying, hey, we beat Amazon. Mm. <laughs> but it was a it was a moment where I realized sometimes you don't know 100 percent. If God's asking you to do something crazy, but God will never contradict his word. And when I look in the word of God, God never called the church to shrink back in fear or to, you know, cave into the political pressures of the day. God called the church to be the salt of the earth, the light of the earth. And God called us to help people and move in compassion. And so I think there's moments where God calls the church to take a stand in that way. Um, and maybe there's someone watching, listening right now on the radio that just needs to know you're not alone and God's going to help you. God's going to give you wisdom. He's going to give you grace and he's going to give you ideas to fulfill his plan and purpose in, in and through your life in this year, in this season. Pastor Paul Doherty on Afternoons with Bill Arnold here on Faith Radio. I love how how you stood up to authority, but you did it in such a a gracious way. And as Christians, we're called to run into fires, run into people's fires and to help and to love and to not succumb to the fear or the timidity, but to do it with power and of love and of sound mind. And all three of those things were evident in your story. And so thank you for doing it in a way that that was so Christ centered. Um, And, you know, I I love what you said there. We beat Amazon, but really God beat Amazon. Really, God used you and God threw (laughs) you. Right. And, uh, yes, it, it's just, it's, it's amazing. And sometimes as Christians, we have to stand up and we have to do things and we have to be bold. That's what we're called to do, to be different. And again, running into people's fires, whose fire can you run into today to share the good news of Jesus with them? Pastor Paul Doherty is our guest. He's the pastor of Victory Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We absolutely love having you on, Pastor Paul. Thank you so much today for for helping us step out and fulfill God's purpose for our life. Um, Wow, I'm just so grateful. Can't wait to have you back again. This is Afternoons with Bill Arnold on Faith Radio, and you're listening to Faith Radio. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.